You may not like it because who I used to play with or who I used to be. I'm over here flowing right now. That's because I got my Betty White and Easy E t-shirt. Boy, you're appetizing. Right. Cooper Cup is the main course. What's the fish of the day, Cooper Cup? What's the steak of the Cooper Cup? My humble opinion, Trevor goes, uh, I was coached by Urban Myers. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it could be so much worse. Yeah, it could, it be-, could be so much worse. <laughs> Cut to it. Sweet one is officially ready to go. What's up, Coley? How you How's doing, dog? I feel great. How are you? I am so 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 so. Why's that? You know why, man. Just week one is it's a lot of up and down, a lot of up and down. Uh, we're gonna jump into some things, but let's first of all, let's just kind of do a little, you know, ten thousand foot overview of the NFL. And I'll start with a, a potential quote that I received reading all of the different headlines. Right, Nick Sirianni says he now will officially change his approach how they handle preseason. And I love this because when we get into the games a little bit, you cannot predict how good or bad a team will be based on preseason because the preseason right now, when you only have three preseason games, It expedites the evaluation process. And that means a lot of players that you normally would see that are well-known players, that are the guys who had got the bag, guys who are starters. That's why preseason is sloppy. Because a lot of the players are young players that you have to see how they play on the big stage not yesterday, not tomorrow, but are, are, right, right now. Because if you don't, you will get fooled. You will get fooled, and here's what I mean. Week one against the Chiefs, the wide receivers group for the Kansas City Chiefs. Coley, how do you feel about the performance by the wide receivers as a collective? Uh, let me go ahead and... Say this real quick before you say it, because it's kind of like when you see these uh, ads for um, uh, prescription drugs, they say, hey, you will you can die, get uh, internal (laughs) bleeding. My co-host, Coley Mick, is not how I feel. (laughs) He does not speak for Agent 89. No, I guarantee it, because I think people are overreacting quite a bit. Um, And I don't think they play well by any stretch, but I also come from 20 years of having week one be the most overreacted week to how the Patriots were doing and how Brady didn't have enough and how his receivers and his coaches and his front office were letting him down and how Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola weren't nearly enough to win. What did they win? Three Super Bowls, but they couldn't win one is what I was told. So I think everyone just needs to calm down a little bit and maybe remember their true wide receiver one wasn't even out there in Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. So when he comes in, does everything fall into place a little bit better? Will Rushy Rice, a rookie, will he potentially look better after maybe more than 25 snaps? I could see it. Could Sky Moore get hit 
a couple more times when he's left open and maybe Mahomes doesn't see him yet because they don't have that chemistry yet, I could see it. Do they have a new offensive coordinator after Eric Bieniemy left? Could he get a little bit better in terms of maybe not snap the ball to Blake Bell and in big-time situations let his actual best quarterback in the league take the snap? Yeah, I could see that too. Their best receiving back, Jarek McKinnon, got one catch, and he only had two targets. Is that more strategy because they need him later in the season, or was that the game plan? Who knows? I wasn't in there. I wasn't in the meetings. I don't know. (laughs) But what I do know is when Kelsey is out there, when McKinnon's getting more work, more looks out in the flats, that offense looks a lot different. So I'm not terribly concerned. Now, we get a month, two months from now, and it looks all the same. Yeah, I'll be quite concerned. What did you see? I have – so leading up to this game, I gave the hall pass like everybody else did because of Patrick Mahomes. You go, no Kelsey, but they still have Patrick Mahomes. I was extremely shocked the impact of Travis Kelsey on Patrick Mahomes, him not being able to really move the ball the way I thought he would, they would move the ball, that being the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Now, what's tough is some of it isn't on Patrick Mahomes and some of it isn't on really the wide receiver group. It really has to do with when you have situational football players. Here's what I mean. Sky Moore, I've been beating the drum for Sky Moore. Sky Moore caught his first touchdown pass. Do you know when? Was it the Super Bowl? Yes, the Super Bowl. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. You've been playing, right, e- even though it's situational. You have not touched the end zone until the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then you had come from the Super Bowl win as a rookie, and all of a sudden now you have highlights that are pretty darn good, right, in training camp. The un- I like, You know what I call it, the Underwear Olympics. The Underwear Olympics is awesome. But Thursday night football, the first week of the season, and you're going against the Kool-Aid drinking of Dan Campbell? Those boys went out there and played well. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to go into who's good and who's bad, but timing is yes, but experience is more. And when you have so many young guys who sparingly came in, played 15 snaps here, 12 snaps here, and all of a sudden they're playing 35, 45, 50 snaps, and half of those snaps are pass plays, not, oh, let me run the chickeration, do all that stuff. Andy Reid's offense is traditionally a West Coast timing offense. And because of that, you're going to have a lot of different things happening that may leave you a little bit underwhelmed, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers group are going to do today. They're going to leave you emotionally struggling. It's like watching a movie after seeing all the trailers, seeing the trailers, and then all of a sudden, the best part of the movie were the trailers. You, you got to read the reviews. You, you really do. 
Don't what? don't go opening weekend. Wait a couple weeks. Wait to see how that Rotten Tomato score goes up and down. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I just I feel bad, but Kadarius Tony. He's going to be a guy who he's a situational football player. He's not developed into uh, he's not developed into a wide receiver too. Doesn't look like a wide receiver three either. I mean, screenshots. Oh, yo, screenshots on. are nicer than that. No, I understand, but screen screenshots never tell the full story. But when a ball is in your hands and it ends up as a pick six, that can't happen. And it did feel like even they got into the red zone earlier, they snapped the ball to Jarek McKinnon, who hands it to Patrick Mahomes, who shuffles it forward, which is a play they would run normally to Kelsey. Andy Reid's been doing that since he was with the Eagles with, with Westbrook in them. So it's not a new play at all. But it does seem like they were trying to force Tony into the game more than let it happen naturally. Bro, they, they weren't trying to force it into the game. They were trying to help him get out of – Kadarius Tony was in the middle of the ocean with some floaties on <laughs> and had no ability to swim. That brother was struggling. I'm talking about the winds is crashing, right? It was – he was so – upside down mentally. I've also been a player who at times you go, man, I'm just trying to keep it. I'm just trying to stay afloat. Right. There's a, there's a guy they brought in this off season who I think he only got a handful of snaps. And I understand they have a lot that they're trying to figure out, but could Richie James be a guy? Obviously he originated with no. San Francisco, not number one, obviously, but a guy they can find more consistently. Here's where here's the one thing Richie James saw him coming out in college, loved him. Mm-hmm. Another guy, once he got on the big stage, man, it just wires get crossed. When you watch him in San Francisco, he shows flashes. Right. You watch him with the New York Jets, I mean Giants, sorry, Giants yeah. last year, show flashes. But the only thing he's shown me so far is he showed me consistent inconsistency. He's not kicking around the bottom of the league. San Francisco to a playoff team, Giants to the arguably the best team in the league. It's not, it's not yes, dumb teams it, trying to sign him. No, I'm, but it's, it, it has nothing to do with dumb teams or bottom of the barrel teams. It has to do with a kid that people know and like, and they get him in there and they just go like him. Yeah, want to love, love him. Yeah. He's on he's his primary position to to be on the roster. His primary roster, the only reason he's dressed every week is special teams. He gets a punt return, shakes somebody, and has no field awareness. Hey, I just shook that dude. Maybe I should pay attention. He's gonna turn around and try to tackle me. <laughs> and almost like got his leg broken. You remember that? And I'm like, gosh, come on. <laughs> And as a ball, as a former ball player, those little things I go, he has no field awareness. Right, right. Right? When I'm watching a game, there's people, you know, people, what is, what's on here is always notes. I just do notes after notes after notes, right? Uh, one of my things, uh, before the season started, I wrote quarterback. Getting pressure really bothers a quarterback. That is what I'm observing right now. When you get the pressure on a quarterback, 
it makes everything fuzzy, fuzzy wuzzy. I mean, you want to talk about pressure on a quarterback? We we can go right into that 49ers Steelers game because the 49 the 49ers were, jump in that. Oh, so first of all, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. The wide receivers for I'm not going to tell you who because I don't really know because we don't even know right now with the Kansas City Chiefs. I go with MVS, Sky Moore, I think Watson as well. Um, These are guys you stash. You buckle up, be careful, and be ready for the emotional roller coaster. You're going to watch it every week because of your quarterback, because of their defending chance, because of the the division. All eyes are on the AFC. There's more teams in the AFC that have high hopes than there are in the NFC. For sure. And, and so that that's going to be the problem. But we go down to another AFC team that got mollywop from day – from the second they took the field, so many people were talking about what does it mean for Dak Prescott that the Cowboys used their fourth pick and the fourth uh, fourth round pick. The Dallas Cowboys always, if you go back historically, you look at the Dallas Cowboys. Their fourth round pick is a gold mine for them. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. Just saying. But goodness gracious, you see why the San Francisco 49ers said, what? You give me a fourth round pick? Cool. We'll take it. <laughs> and, a, and gave the reins to Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy was out there slanging that. He was out there. Brock Purdy was handing out handing out cake to all these wide receivers and the 49ers offense like Chris McCreen's on that hot button hit. <laughs> when that hot button hits, Chris McCreen donuts are a different animal. And Brock Pretty was out there slaying. He goes down there, marched down the field. Now, obviously, when things got settled in, things got a little, you know, they weren't always as efficient. It, you know, they, 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 they stalled a little bit. Hmm. But I, let me tell you something. Brandon Ayuk was out there Bowling. He was as close to uncoverable as uncoverable gets. And I think Purdy, I saw between 10 and 19 yards was 90% on the day. Uh, just And a lot of that was because Ayuk had seven yards of cushion with every uh, route he ran. What have you seen in his progression just in terms of route running? Because I've heard his name get tossed around with some of the greats in the game today. Do you think he's up there already? Boy, he's obviously made a splash and and put everybody on the radar. I'm going to go out there. This is not clickbait. This is just what I see, what I believe, what I think. Brandon Ayuk is going to put himself in a position. And the San Francisco 49ers have put themselves in a position in a good way of, you want to draft well. And they, they have drafted well. But unfortunately, you cannot pay every single person on your team. And I'm telling you right now, I believe Brandon Ayuk is on the precipice of getting that bag, and I don't think there's enough money to go around in San Francisco to keep Brandon Ayuk. Here's why. Brock Purdy is the what? The 600, the, 
262nd pick. So he is going to outplay the contract that he signed as the last pick of the NFL draft. Is that it? Am I? Is that a bold statement or I'm just stating facts? Well, it's also they'll have to pay him sooner than they would if he was taken in the first round because you don't get that five years window for a rookie quarterback. It comes a lot sooner. Super sooner. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Brock Purdy has to get paid in the next, what, two years? Yeah, probably next summer, honestly. You can't pay Brandon Ayuk and... You can't expect them to take a home down, hometown discount. No. Do no. you know those taxes in San Francisco? <laughs> Do you think, based on the player he's become, especially in terms of his run blocking, I mean, McCaffrey breaks off that 70-yard touchdown, largely in part because Ayuk comes down and pins that linebacker and pancakes him to the ground, and then – Keeps running stride for stride with McCaffrey down the field. And shout out Ray Ray, Ray McLeod. He was also blocking well downfield. It's a team effort for those long touchdowns. Since he's become such a well-rounded receiver, Purdy, at least through week one, was keying in on him. He's saying, this is my guy. Do you think it would be better to pay Ayuk and move Debo? He's I know no. he's already paid. Okay. They just – they're just – in this offense – I don't know if you want to say Jordan and Jordan, Jordan and Pippa, whatever you guys say, but they both play well off each other. I agree. You're gonna, you're gonna have. There are two different styles of play. But Ayuk, I mean, even that that first touchdown, the way he set him up, it was kind of like what we were talking about with 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 DK in the offseason. He kind of gave him that slow release, that stutter to the corner, and then broke it back inside. And I don't know if the, if the the field was slick. I don't know. I wasn't out there, no, but Pat, Pat was face down in it. He, he ran a he ran a hell of a play. He did. They set him up. They've been working on that play. They know get speed, get leverage, get him in there, cross his face, timing, throw the ball catchable, bang. So Brandon Ayuk is a guy that you got to start. Here's your problem. He's also a guy that you have to be careful of that teams are now going to say, we already know what Debo, and I, and I hope they get out of this with Debo too, is keep using him on all these underneath routes and make it seem like he's only, his nickname, Debo, he's only a short area guy. You got to get him deep too to show, get him going across the middle, what we've known him to be. I hope they continue this one-two combo because one week is going to be Debo, one, another week is going to be, Ayuk, and then it's going to be great is when they have all of those guys balling at the same time, and that could be something that could be a, a a really nice sight to see. Yeah, I don't. I was thinking of watching that game, and I also thought to myself, why am I still watching this game? It was over immediately. But I think it's my favorite duo to watch in the league just because they're so yeah. unique and unto themselves. I don't think they're the most talented duo, though they're in that conversation for certain, but just watching them, they, it, they're they such a fun tandem to watch because of their styles. It's very if, if Purdy's just going to keep doing this, they're fine. They're, they're going to be just fine. Alright, let's go to man, the, my wide receiver one. So Wide receiver three has to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are stash guys. 
You start now, Brandon Ayuk. You, that's wide receiver two. But my guy, wide receiver one, who's having a great impact and who's a man on a mission is Calvin Ridley. I told you, I told y'all when I saw, I said he is not playing and he's taking names. Oh, Steve. Okay, I'm just telling you. You better get on your horse. And if you are a DB, announcing all DBs, when Agent Zero is back there, Calvin Ridley, you could talk all the talk you want of when he was suspended, but you better get on your horse. Don't be riding no donkey. Not a Clydesdale. You better get you a thorough bread because that man is, he's stopping on the dime and giving you 10 pennies. And his impact for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Oh, you see that catch by Zay Jones? Zay Jones, hey, I want, I want to be part of the party. Calvin Ridley is balling, and I don't believe he's going to stop. I, I already look at him, and he's probably going to have 1,300 yards this year. Yeah, and on underdog, I believe it was like 900 for the season. We were talking about him all summer. I took the higher on that multiple times. There was no doubt in my mind. And, I mean, it was immediate, too. It was immediate in this game. Is that... Is that a Doug Peterson thing? Like, hey, we, we want to get this guy going early because it's only going to benefit us in the long run? Yep. Doug Peterson, that's the one thing Doug Peterson knows. He has a great temperature of his team, his players. Right? When I was down there talking to him, he understands exactly what it is. He had a strict policy on, I want to keep my guys focused. So he has some things that I'm not going to get into that was like, hit. This is what we're going to do, guys. We're not doing this stuff. We're not doing this stuff. Let's stay focused, and it's working. Now, you talked about Zay getting in on the action. Christian Kirk did not get on in on the action. I know. I was, I was low. Well, yeah. yeah. Is that just because of the flow of the game? And it's not like, flow- it, it's not like during the game you're like, oh, I haven't targeted Kirk enough today. Like, I don't think that's going through Trevor's mind. I think it's just more, what's the defense giving me? I'm, I know I'm going to Ridley. I'm going to be feeding him early and often. Zay happened to be open pretty much on the same side of the field. Ridley was operating anyways. <laughs> yeah. uh, so is that just, is that a concern for the rest of the season, or is that just week one, throw it out, and, and we'll see a month from now what's going on? I want to say that's, a, that, that's not a concern until you're that wide receiver that isn't getting what you thought you were going to get, and then it becomes a problem. But they're going to have to feed those guys because teams are going to take away Calvin Ridley. They're going to make it their mission, their job, because defensive coordinators will lose their job. Right. If you do not cover the people that everybody else in the stands knows, cover. Did it? Did you see anything that it was like, oh, Ridley added that? He didn't have that last time we saw him. Did he look a little faster, a little stronger or anything? I think I believe he was a little bit stronger. He seemed to have a little bit a longer stride to me. He was more of a faster turnover, but his ability to get leverage, get on guys, stop, catch, control, run after catch. He just worked on his game. I know for a fact he was not around football, but his mind was consumed by football. And when he when they traded for really, he had been working out in Jacksonville trying to get acclimated to the weather. Mm-hmm. It's so hot and humid there. And he, the way he runs and how he runs, he wants to run all day, and he was running all day. He's going to be running all season. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Keep playing. 
You just heard from the very mouth of the future Hall of Fame wide receiver, Agent 89, talk about Brandon Ayuk. He's got the Rams next week. What I need you to do is open up your Underdog Fantasy app, enter promo code WR1, wide receiver 1, sign up. You'll get a deposit match bonus up to $100, and we're going to sweeten the pot a little bit. You will get a booster for Brandon Ayuk this week, 0.5 yards. You're going to smash that higher from what you just heard Agent 89 tell you. Good luck. You can go first with the Patriots because I know yeah, – just go ahead. What go do you ahead, know? Matt. What do you know? I, just – first of all, it was great to see Tom back. Terrific Tom. It was. Right? But we were, you know, we were texting in our group chat. You're talking about the, the man, I have zero interest <laughs> in the New England Patriots of bringing anything of substance right now in the first couple of weeks. There's so many head-scratching areas with them. And the rain, I think the rain from that game, it made the Philadelphia Eagles a little bit rest on the laurels, start to cruise, and it made Mac Jones look bad early, where some of it had to do with the element. Not he's not a he's not a decent football player. No, he's for sure de- decent, and I think that's what's most frustrating to me because there's there's not one Mac Jones, there's two. There's front foot Mac and there's back foot Mac. When he throws oh, off his back foot, like he's the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Every quarterback's the worst quarterback when they throw off their back not foot. Not true. Mahomes does like front flips and throws it and he's fine. Like, this is not true. But him specifically. Mahomes in his own category. I agree. I agree. But but Mac thinks he's like Dark Nowitzki when he's like doing his fadeaways. And he's he does not have that. that. The Zeke fumble was largely because the ball was nowhere near him. He had to make a crazy play. And that brought him back into the teeth of the defense as opposed to running on the outside where he had no one near him. So it was Mac Jones' fault that Ezekiel Elliott did not cover the football. You're, are you saying a, a quarterback can't throw a wide receiver into a worse place to get hit? Yes. Of course. I am, That's what happened. I am saying a quarterback can uh, help and hurt. But I don't. I watched that play. That's Ezekiel Elliott forgetting the AFC just a different type of football. He was playing the Eagles. He should know the Eagles quite well. Yeah, but geographically, he forgot. <laughs> hey, he had cut his hair, man. He a different dude now. I mean, he's got 15 back on. I mean, he did look quick, which I did appreciate. The fumble, did. I didn't appreciate. The, uh, yeah. the intercepts, the pick six, I also didn't appreciate because that was that was that that was that was a high ball, but it was also it, it was raining pretty good. Well, it was a high ball and a guy who was like running like the, him and the corner. I don't remember if it was Slay or Brad. No, Slay caught it. So Bradbury. And he, yeah, he was, runs no, into him because uh, they both slip. Yes, yes. And it was so like – It was a tough deal. But it was also off his back foot, which is why it sailed yeah. a little bit. After the first quarter – But it was it was raining, though. It was slippery. <laughs> also true. After the first quarter, he started stepping into his throws, driving the ball. And he I think he completed like 12, 13 in a row – Started yeah, they, they, but they also 
blocked up front a little bit better as well. I don't. I too. honestly don't think the Patriots' offensive line was terrible this game. Considering no, no, no. I they weren't. They weren't terrible, but earlier on, it was a little. It was a little hot back there. It, it, it was. It was. He 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 was. Mac was not comfortable. And there were reasons why he was not comfortable. He wasn't comfortable, but sometimes I think he gets in his own head where he assumes there's going to be more pressure than there actually is. And I trust, I bet it's terrifying back there. I don't even fault him for that. I, I'm sure. I heard. I heard it is. <laughs> I'm sure it's not great when you have, like, multiple rookies, your best offensive lineman isn't even playing. Like, I'm sure you go into that game thinking, I'm going to be very hurt Look, by the end I'll, of the night. I'll give, you, I'll give you a great example of how tough it is. Ask Geno, Geno Smith how tough it is yeah. when Aaron Donald was coming down. The, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Donald, no. <laughs> Can somebody block him, please? Bro, that was such a true human element oh, yeah. of football. It was like, oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> When you can, when you can hear, uh, it sounds like uh, the Sunday sermon uh, clear over <laughs> over the mic. That was unbelievable. But yeah, I, I can imagine. That was awesome, bro. That was awesome. Just like when Max scored the touchdown, and he walks back, and the referee said, "Hold it." He goes, "Terrible call." <laughs> Listen, the refs aren't why we lost that game, but that was a terrible call. That was awful. <laughs> that was. Clutch. That was clutch. That, he knew, he knew what he was doing. That's what I I was oh, all in was, on Mac right there. Hey, that was the longest seven yards. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I thought the the Patriots defensive line was menacing. Play better. Like the the Eagles yeah, were, first they started to they started to settle in. It got it it, it was worrisome. In the second half for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Worrisome. Yeah. Keon White, rookie, Georgia Tech, made an immediate impact. He looked like a monster yep. out there. I mean, Judon got a sack early. Christian Gonzalez, our guy, I thought he played, he played well. really well, especially tackling. His coverage, man, he was playing well. They tried to run a little bit man earlier on, and that, that wasn't working too well for the New England Patriots. And they kind of went to a shell a little bit. And they, well, actually, they started changing up. The coverages and that really helped them. That really helped for sure because I mean he made maybe the biggest defensive play of the game for us in man when they the Eagles went for it on fourth down. They tried yeah, to pick, against AJ Brown. Yes, they tried to pick on the rookie yes. and he breaks it up nearly at a pick. I thought that was yes. and it was like a veteran type breakup too. He got the arm yeah. on the back a little bit, but not enough so that they call yep. it. Then he gets in front, yep. bats it down. I thought he didn't impede his progress to catch the football. Right, and he had the the sack. I don't remember the last time we sent a corner blitz. So I think it was, it was. Hey, here's this extremely athletic rookie. He's big enough to bring down uh, Jalen on his own. Jalen's not a small man by any stretch. No, so to get in the backfield, catch a reacting Jalen Hurts, and also bring him down by yourself, that was very impressive to me. The negatives. They made the same mistakes that cost them games last year. The Minnesota game, the Vegas game, all those losses by one possession last year were all self-inflicted wounds. Second play of the game, the Eagles snap the ball, fumble. They're going to be pinned back down inside their own five. But Dietrich Weiss is lined up behind 
behind Jalen Hurts on the snap. He's in the backfield, so they get a first down instead. And all of a sudden, the Eagles go down the field. They kick three points. That's at least a six-point swing, if not more. Those are the kind of mistakes you can't have. Like, the Eagles scored one offensive touchdown, and it was on the short field after the Zeke fumble. So it was frustrating that it was like, yeah, these mistakes – this sloppy play that has been a problem really since Tom left. And he's not the coach, so I don't understand why the sloppiness. So, And I understand it's week one, but when it's yeah. a repeat of years past, it's frustrating. Before we get to the Panthers, before we get to the Panthers, Keishon Butte had two plays this game that were unbelievable college catches. Yeah. Not catches at all in the NFL. How okay. big of a transition is it to go from one foot to two in the league? It's not a big transition. That's the rule. Hate to hear that. <laughs> I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about how he That is the rules. It, it, they just they didn't just start it. What did I say? Sometimes you're just going to have to work with the tools in the tool shed. Okay. The momentum and how fast it is and all the things you have to do is the transition. Multitasking is the toughest part. So it's the when you got a guy, okay. if you got a guy who's notoriously known, short, right? It's not me not picking on anybody, just going over. This is not personal. It's pattern related. Or a guy who shows pattern-wise he can play, but he also shows the other patterns there he gets easily distracted and doesn't follow through, which is why he was drafted late. One of the reasons, yeah. <laughs> he can play if he's focused. But your Panthers. But anyway. Yeah, your Panthers. Yeah. What did you see in this game? <sighs> well, uh, first of all, got to give credit to where credit is due. I said I will come with the same energy. If they won or lost, Carolina Panthers lost. Hats off to the Atlanta Falcons. But let's dive into that game because Atlanta Falcons fans was coming at me. And I'll say this. Be careful trolling that you write, you troll a check that your quarterback can't cash, buddy. Because at one point, my man was in the third quarter, 8-4-11 for 24 yards. I had to use a calculator because my quick math was like, no, nah, you lying. <laughs> you gots to be lying. Eight completions for 24 yards. Do you know what that is per reception? I believe that's a smooth, a crisp three yards. Not, not a, not a <laughs> 3.2, not a 3.5 where you rounded up to four. Bro. And did you see Arthur Smith? Saying a lot of words, I don't, I cannot say. He was rolling his eyes, side eye, and hissing. He did not look like he was enjoying passing a football. No. And all these people talking about, if I haven't seen a hater as big as Steve Smith. So Steve Smith was hating on, on Drake London? Let's reset <laughs> Listen, if they were going in on Kadarius Tony, what his uh, pro football focus, and then Arthur Smith says, uh, when the reporters ask him, which is a legitimate question. Very legitimate. Which is legitimate. very legitimate. Hey, you know your first round wide receiver 
had one target. Man, I'll leave that up to the fantasy people. Wow. <laughs> Trying to play martyr, huh? Well, and victim. Well, hold on, because we are the fantasy people. It's really dumb and bad, Arthur Smith. You should leave. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Yeah, nah, that's all there is to it. It's simple, <laughs> simple and plain. Well, either don't take them. You know what I mean? Take something else or throw them the ball. And I understand you. Cool. So, hold on, hold on. Be, let, let me show you how bad this was. Yes, Bryce Young threw an interception because he was staring down and got tricked. And Jesse Bates did an outstanding job of reading his eyes. Mm-hmm. But let me show you some stats, though. Most games with 150-plus yards, age 24 or younger, there's a list. There's a statistical list. Hall of Famer, Randy Moss, mm-hmm. Lance Allworth, Hall of Famer. Isaac Bruce, Hall of Famer. So there's statistics and there's things that we look at and to say, man, I really like this player. And the fact that your QB1 is on the struggle bus. You think you can win a lot of football games and the playoffs? With having the longest pass of the game came darn near in the fourth quarter. And it wasn't like a 56. Right. Wasn't 75. <laughs> it wasn't even 62. It was 39 yards, bro. To your tight end. Well, at least they drafted that tight end in what, the sixth round? Something like that? Oh, that was Kyle Pitts, oh, bro. Oh, right. They took him over at Jamar Chase. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just uh, – my point is I know some I know some people were at the Atlanta game and the fans in the stands was complaining, man, we took him over Justin Fields. So all, all y'all Atlanta Falcons fans talking about I was trolling. I was trolling for a reason. Who threw it? Bryce Young threw two interceptions. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'll take a quarterback who my – who the coaching staff ain't scared right. to allow him to keep playing football. You showed me that y'all do not have faith in Desmond Ritter. And I don't care what you say. I'm this is it. Uh, this is not personal. This is a pattern. Yeah, no, but I mean, if, if Algier and, and Bijan are going to be able to do what they do, it, yeah, it may not matter a ton. Now, they have a ceiling, like a very hard ceiling, and it was a similar ceiling Five, in six. Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. It was a very similar uh, ceiling when it was Derrick Henry in Tennessee under Arthur Smith. They're not going to be able to take that next step until they upgrade a quarterback. I don't. First of all, I'm not happy watching that game because what I learned from that football game is the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, based off week one right now, when I look at the teams that are 1-0 and 0-1, and 0 and 1, when I look at the Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, I put them in the middle of the road. And I put the Atlanta Falcons, if it's baseball, a game and a half ahead of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. That's it. No, not a game and a half. A half a game. A half a game ahead for the Carolina Panthers because – you have had the second most new players on your defense, and you didn't uh, get a sack until it was obviously 
passing situations. They got no sacks until middle of the third quarter. The Falcons, for the last three years, four years now, this would be the fourth season, are dead last in the NFL in sacks by a lot. They had 39 sacks. (laughs) Right. I think over the last three years. Yes, yes, that's correct. Now, So so I'm I'm not, again, it's not personal. This is patterns. And also just kind of look at it because I'm evaluating and saying by the time the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons play each other again, I would guess and hope both teams are better, right? But who do you really think is, is going to get better? I think the, the defense for the Atlanta Falcons is going to get better. I think the players that they have are going to start to gel. The defense coordinator is going to know how to position. They're going to game plan a little bit better. They, they have, they'll have more data information, right? Love what they're doing on defense. But offensively, it was Bijan, Algier, and their wide receiver one and wide receiver two is Kyle Pitts and Mac uh, Holland. Yeah, Drake oh, Bug. He's known for Bug for because he was up at um, he was up at UNC, uh, UNC Chapel yeah, Hill. Yeah. But bro, I'm just telling you, I like Drake London. I'm just saying. What I've seen, it starts with the quarterback first. And Atlanta Falcons quarterback, at some point, is going to be exposed and he's going to be a problem. Yeah, anyone who stops that run, Falcons don't have another punch. Like, they have one punch. If someone finds a counter for that punch, the Falcons are done. Um, and Bijan is a beast. Though. Monster. I mean, the so talk about that the, the touchdown reception he had. Mm. How hard is it? Because he made it look extremely easy to catch and also juke, <laughs> sidestep, all in one fluid motion. I've seen so well, many guys got- try and stack moves and they end up not even catching the ball because they're already thinking of the next move. You got to have a willing tackler, not a guy just shooting his gun. <laughs> sure. That's where you have a guy just shooting his gun, and Bijan knew that, leveraged him out. That's also, too, data and information that you take within the game Algier goes in and does the exact same thing as other guys. They got on the edges. I hate to say this, but their running backs, damn near better than their wide receivers in space. Honestly. And I have to say, for both teams. Honestly, yeah. uh, On Sunday. For both teams, right? But I know the Carolina Panthers are missing their vertical threat with DJ Chark. Yep. Right? It just made things extremely difficult. Red zone for the for the Panthers, man, fifty seven percent last year. They got to increase that. But one of the things that I think I, I I was impressed, offensive line actually didn't play as bad as people thought. They did pretty good. They kept those guys stout. The only part that really was telling is they still are not communicating with the with the switches when they run some kind of game. They're late to the party, and so that puts guys in bad positions, which potentially leads to holding. So that was that was a problem. But man, let me let me go. Let's dive deep into this. First of all, Chuba Hubbard at one point was averaging seven yards to carry, but averaged pretty much five yards to carry. He was running the football pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was pretty impressed with this one-two punch with Sanders and Hubbard. But man, in the first half, near the first first half, time of possession, 1651. To Atlanta's eight. Third down, 60% on third down 
with an average of 6.2 yards to go on third down. That's not good. No. And yet you're getting us at a 60% conversion rate. That's not. So I'll keep going. Passing yards, 86. Rushing, 52. The Atlanta Falcons had 58 yards rushing. You want to know what they had passing? Oh, man. And some people are going to say, oh, minus six because he caught it. And so that deducted six. But, bro, if you add the six, that's still only 15, 16 yards. Right, right. Of passing in the National Football League, where the Detroit Lions are considered balling on offense. Listen, for for this Sunday in particular, especially during the 1 o'clock slate, that may have been the third most yards people put up. You look at Pittsburgh, they had one, one yard. (laughs) Not even passing or rushing, one. One total yard. So, yeah, that... If not good. By and so any Atlanta had nine, though. They had nine. <laughs> oh, man. They were running all over the place. They... The one glaring thing, the one turnover. But what was crazy, you get the turnover, and you believe in your quarterback, your QB won so much, you're running three straight times because you say, hey, I don't trust him. Yeah. This is football, and this is analyzing. And Desmond Ritter did not look comfortable. He went one progression, two progression, run. One progression, run. He did not look comfortable at all. He started to watch the rush. Listen, And it became difficult to watch. I would watch, too, if Brian Burns was living in the backfield, setting up a tent, (laughs) setting up camp, building a fire. Yeah, I'd be worried, too. S'mores. Yeah, exactly. S'mores. I'd be quite concerned. Are those those grand crackers (laughs) gluten-free because the Smith household is here? Huh? Defensive coordinator, who I can't think of right now, for the Atlanta Falcons did something good. He said, no cheap shots and, and shots down the field. He had a shell going. He had man coverage going. A.J. Terrell, I thought, played a really good game. He really sped up and threw the timing off on the receivers. Uh, Bryce Young was really, I believe, felt like he didn't really start looking outside the numbers in, until late when they were desperate and they had to move the football. But everything seemed to be right in between the hashes, right? Going to Hayden Hurst, going to all these other guys, sending uh, Adam Thielen, a lot of underneath routes. It just was a lot of stuff going on that I, I really just expected more, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Do you think Bates is able to sit on those routes where he got the picks if Chark is out there, or do you think he has to play a little bit deeper knowing that speed's on the field? I want to say yeah, but if until he gets out there right, right now, we don't right. know because there have been plays when Chark is out there that they still didn't move the ball. You've got to remember against the New York Giants, they look great. I mean, the Giants look great. Their defense looked great. The offense didn't look prolific so it's really hard to say right right now. right but you got to change it up you got to get some speed you got to give these young guys an opportunity whether it's uh tmj mingo you got to give these chance guys the opportunity to run more than just underneath stuff man you, you you just you're hamstringing your offense do you think they have let's say i mean chark his whole career has been up and down with with injuries and in and out of the lineup. Yep. Do you think if he's not playing, they have enough speed on the outside? It doesn't matter if you think you have enough speed. 
these are the guys that you have to go into the game with, mm -hmm. so you got to give them opportunity. Don't hamstring your guys. Right. That's what that's what I'm saying. And I use that with Atlanta Falcons. You can't hamstring your guys. You can, you got it. You got to let the reins go. I don't care about the NFC South. It's not my division. It's not my problem. I know, I know you do. The, but I do. my I care about the whole but, league. No, agreed. But my thing is, you aren't on Desmond Ritter's bad. Like he's just not not the he's not the option. Like he's not. They're going to be like you said, hamstrung passing the ball as long as he's under center. It is what it is. Well, why'd you, why'd you, if, if you believe in him so much, why'd you go out and pay $26 million to Taylor Heineke? Yeah, I mean, that's – if they get to October and it's more like this, even if you're winning, I think you have to make that switch. October. October. October's soon. <laughs> it's not that far away. That's true. You're correct. <laughs> I'll give it to you. What what were some of the some of the things you saw that just like blew your mind? The, the Bengals not being able to move the ball even a that little bit. Through, that was crazy. And then you give them 200, <laughs> 200 million. Wow. Well, it's always what tough too when you pay a guy and then he immediately stinks like that week. It's just like I don't think there's a Bengals fan out there who regrets it yet. But did you use the word stink? What would you use? <sighs> Yeah, I just go. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're a family friendly show. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just didn't expect that. No, and I mean the Browns. I think a lot of teams. Oh, the hey, the Browns were trying to get that thing away too. Now, yeah, that was the. I thought they was look. The shot threw a few passes that I saw T Tim Tebow throwing in a warm up. I was like, oh, they over here playing. He skipped some balls off the turf. I'm like, ooh. I mean, he stepped so confidently into that interception, and I know it was tipped a little bit, but I don't know how it was tipped because he created a lot of space. So maybe if he didn't take, and I he was Drew Bledsoe out there. I didn't need all that. Hey. Hey, he stepped in that thing like he stepped in that fit. He was like, yeah, I'm going to kill him with this one today. <laughs> Where did that DB come oh, from? Right into his chest. The easiest pick of the weekend by far. But they had uh, they had Miles Garrett lining up some inside linebacker. They had him, yeah. they had him doing some crossovers since they said he couldn't I play know. basketball anymore. He was in the backfield like that. Poor Joe yeah. Burrow. That boy, hey, hey, I – I ain't seen a big guy like that since the Zam and Shaq. No, he was <laughs> just what do you do if you're a center and that you see Miles Miles Garrett's so bored he's he's doing his working on his crossover hesitations out yeah. there. It's a tough scene. Yeah, yeah the pro the problem is the center was looking at the ball <laughs> being dribbled. He's like, he doesn't have a uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um but with Deshaun Watson, I'm telling you, he's not a rhythm thrower, bro. Right. He's not a rhythm thrower. He does not go through his progressions. One, two, three, bang. He's not a rhythm thrower. And I think once they figure that out, they'll be better. Elijah Moore looked happy uh, to have a quarterback who can get him the ball. Um, yeah. And it was it, they had bad conditions, too. I know it was yeah, they, raining all over yeah, the place. Uh, we talked about the Seahawks a little bit. I think Charles Cross left – on a stretcher, if I remember correctly, and, and their offensive Man. line didn't look good to begin with, so that no, was tough. Yeah. I know Witherspoon didn't play, but, yeah, that 
the 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 Dolphins led the league in explosive plays, which I believe are defined as 15 yards or more, and they had 17. The next closest in the league was the Rams, and I believe they had nine. Uh, so that was that was a surprise. It was very surprising. Yeah, I thought the Rams how were going to stick. Well, how about the uh, Miami Dolphins? Mm-hmm. And then just overall, like the Miami Dolphins were with Vic Vangio, but yet giving up 200 yards rushing them. Well, hey, J.C. Jackson and Mike Davis show flashes of like, oh, okay, and then you go, oh, goodness. <laughs> you can't play like that. No, no. And I just don't sign Patriots. I don't know what to tell people. You sign them, this is what happens. He's, what's going to is exactly how J.C. Jackson's career is going to go. He's going to finish out this year and – in LA with the Chargers, it's not going to go that well for him. And I, I've, no, it's nothing personal. That's just what's going to happen. They're going to cut him. He's going to re-sign with the Patriots. What do you know? He's going to look a lot better next year. That's just how this story goes. That's not really. You think that? I've seen it before. I'll, I've seen it so many times. It's when these Patriots players get these big contracts, something happens where they just do not live. And the Chargers are also a cursed organization, so this was never going to work. But. When he comes back, he's going to look more like the guy he was that they signed, and it's going to infuriate people. But I also don't like fault him for not being able to cover Tyreek Hill. I don't know if there's anyone who can do that right now, especially when two is under center. Two looked good too. Mm-hmm. You know, the play action. He had more yards in, with non-play action than he had with play action. I think at one point in the game, play action, he had 166 yards, but he had like 200, 266 <laughs> yards with non-play action. His his one reads, he was putting putting the ball and placing a football in, in windows that we've never really seen him do before. He's done a great job. But one thing that I really shocked me, and I feel bad, is the New York Giants. Man, Daniel Jones was out there looking at the rush. He looked like Joe Judd was coaching him again. Bro. <laughs> I did not see the Dallas Cowboys D-line coming out there and their defense playing like that. No. And they, from from the jump, had Daniel Jones spooked, bro. I felt bad for Daniel Jones. I felt, after the game, Micah Parsons, I, I guess, has his own podcast. And he was saying, I, I felt bad for Daniel Jones. They should have protected him. They should have pulled him much earlier. You can't have your division rival saying you feel bad for you. Like, that's not a good sign. Yeah, I mean... It doesn't matter. He was just watching the man. You could see the <laughs> he fear. Below he him. A, yeah, he was below him. Yeah. He's like, I, I keep tackling you. Daniel, Jones, <laughs> Daniel Jones, when he threw that pick out of bounds to Stephon Gilmore, shout out Stephon, a great catch. I was like, dang, you could just see him like, you could see Daniel like, man, I can't get right for nothing today. Hey, that's another guy in the middle of the ocean <laughs> with some floaties on. But instead – his floaties had a hole in it, and it was—they were full of lead, dragging him down. Like they, <laughs> he would have killed for a, a leak of air. No, no, they were actively dragging him to the depths to Davy Jones' locker. Is what what his floaties were doing. It was 
And oh, Evan Neal, it's it's hey. year two for Evan Neal. I know PFF Adam is the worst graded tackle in football last year. Well, he's going. He, hey, he's which kind of what happened oh. to Andrew Thomas too. Andrew Thomas had a terrible rookie season. His second year, yeah. he got off to a shaky start, and then now he's the highest paid tackle in NFL history. So he he yeah. progressed. I don't think they can keep backing on that happening. And and Evan Neal, he was throwing guys into Daniel Jones. He was, he was part of the problem. He was actively hurting his own team. He was not part of the solution. No, he was a liability. No, he, he was the problem. I don't. I don't even know if anyone else gave up a pressure because just keep. Yeah, listen. We found. Listen, we found a, a hole in the fence, fellas. We can sneak in the concert this way. It was a tough scene. Forty nothing. Hey, Dak didn't even. Was, I had, Dak didn't even play well. He didn't have to. Luckily, but. I had to turn it off. Damn. I was like, I can't watch this. I know these guys too well, right? <laughs> I was like, because that's one of those like, hey, good luck, coach, man. I hope everything's going well. It's like, man, thanks, man. Looking forward to it. And like, you can't follow up after that. <laughs> yeah, to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But here's, a, here's the worst part. I got Thursday night in a week and a half. It ain't getting better than going to San Francisco. <laughs> it's not. It's just going to get worse. <laughs> I can't imagine it getting much better. If, if your problems are you can't block the last team you want to see right now, the Eagles or the 49ers, and I'm sure they play both soon and very soon. But the NFL is back. I'm happy to be back. The games will get better. I I know they will. They they cannot. Yeah, I I love how you say you know instead of the guarantee because you cannot guarantee. I just if they're worse than that, at least it'll be funny. If they're worse than that, we'll be we'll be laughing a lot. But I'm happy to be back. I missed you. I missed doing the show. I'm happy to be back. Season two, cut to it. I'm Coley Mick. I'm Steve Smith Senior. This is cut to it.